level up your hunting game and join the cause. Help preserve small town Texas hunting culture and become a more successful hunter by learning the best ways to squeeze the most out of your budget and precious time out in the field. Welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Here are your resident bandits, Richard Kinchlow and Jimmy Byrne. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Uh, Corn Bandit back here with you as I am, uh, uh, as we are, uh, me lately. Uh, hope y'all are doing well. Life is good. Treating you well. Thanks for clicking on our little uh, our little podcast. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, got a good one for you tonight. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited about this. You know, we often do the, the what we like to refer to as the weekend and reviews. Um, you know, typically when we're out there hunting and whatnot, because again, we are blessed in the fact that we can go to Rancho Bandito, you know, virtually anytime we really want to. So doing that, we get a lot of practice. We see a lot of things, so on and so forth. And, uh, it, it's, it's exciting for us to be able to come back and report what we see, what we're doing, you know, that way for, you know, other folks that maybe can't get out to their place as much. Maybe they can take some information and they can make the most of their weekend. So, uh, well, we had, I had a hell of a weekend uh, this past weekend, got a lot of good stuff done. You know, the, the off season, of course, a lot of folks get real sad and then, then, you know, naturally so no more deer, no more deer to hunt, no more ducks, dove, whatever it may be. But, you know, I, I'll be honest. I love this time of year. I love February, March. Hell, I like every year. I like every month in the state of Texas, of course, but, um, you know, February and March are, are still super active as far as hogs and varmints are concerned. So we've uh, we've got a little bit of that to, to discuss, but uh, we'll start off this little session talking about uh, about trapping, uh, in particular, uh, trapping you know raccoons and possums and even the even a skunk if they were to come into the feeder pen, uh, you know around again like like I just said around a feeder pen. So uh, you know obviously for for those of you who are uh, listening from out of the state, you know in Texas of course we always talk about the fact that we've got. The ability to feed, uh, you know, both uh, high-protein deer pellets, uh, you know, cottonseed, corn, whatever it may be, and typically a lot of fellows will, you know, enclose their um, their feeders with some fences, you know, whether it be bull panel, hog panel, whatever you want to call it, uh, or in our case, we've actually used five-strand barbed wire, uh, obviously to keep the livestock out of there, uh, and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, and, and in doing so, of course, you've um, you know, obviously the fence, any type of fence isn't going to keep the, the vermin out, the coons and the, and the possums and stuff, and, you know, and the raccoons in particular, they are just absolutely lethal, uh, when it comes to emptying out protein feeders. I mean, think about it. They got nothing else to do. And those little feed bandits will sit up there on your protein feeder and they'll, they'll basically clean you out. So uh, one of the products that we know and love and tested, and it's just fantastic, um, are, um, are the coon hoods, of course, and uh, we, those are available on our website. We'll do a little link below, but, uh, Hayden and the guys at, at coon hoods, a phenomenal product, uh, works extremely well. Um, and it, and seriously, it, they, they, they work. Okay. But along with having some sort of anti coon device, uh, you also need to do some trapping too. 
I mean, let's face it, you know, that the, the, the coon hoods are great. Okay. And, and again, they keep the coons off your feeders, but you know, having a good trapping program, again, not only affects the, the outcomes there at the feeders, okay, uh, uh, but remember, a lot of that waste grain that gets on the floor, you know, the deer can do it, or the turkeys can eat that, but now the coons are going to end up getting it. So uh, the other thing is that the raccoons, the possums, the skunks, they eat eggs too, okay? Not just turkey eggs or quail eggs, but, you know, songbird eggs, so on and so forth. So again, you know, all the vermin of the world serves a, a purpose except for the, you know, the Congress and the Senate of the United States, of course, President Biden, you know, those types of folks who don't really serve much purpose in my opinion, but hey, um, but they still need to be managed. Uh, you know, we try to do that with votes when it comes to the pathetic politicians. Uh, when it comes to the vermin, we use traps. And uh, one of my favorite traps is because they're referred to as the dog proof traps. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I won't go too much into that. We've got some blogs that we'll post about or that we'll, that we can uh, repost for you all if you're interested in those types of traps. But they're basically a, a little, uh, oh, I don't know, it looks like a mini tennis ball can, I guess. And it's got a little trigger mechanism in there so that when the coon sticks his or her hand in there to get those delicious nine lives, Mr. Mitten's kitty food out of there it will, uh, the trap will pop and it will hold their hand there. So they're incredibly effective. Um, I've been using them for years and man, they are just, they are just awesome. So that was kind of the trap of choice. So let me, let me kind of set the, set the stage for you if I can, you know, kind of where we were trapping. So, so this particular feeder pin, uh, is one that, that's kind of out there. Okay. And, and in fact, it was one of the feeder pins that we tried to do the feed bandit uh, test on last late last spring, if you recall, we have the uh, the super feed bandit trough that's got the four uh, four little compartments. Okay, and it's just a trough. There's no protection from the rain or the vermin, etc. And we tested Antler Max, appearing as Antler Max uh, West feeds from West Texas, uh, and then we also uh, tested Double Down. And of course, we we're aiming to see. You know, which would the deer prefer? Okay. And, uh, you know, what about the non target species? Well, in this particular, at this particular feed pen, we got nothing but raccoons. And there were, in particular, there were actually four of them. And they were there every single night. Uh, we didn't get a single picture of a deer because they were super aggressive and they just, they just destroyed it. So, yeah, I remember that. And so we're talking to my father. And who owns Rancho Bandito? And he says, "Hey, let's get those traps over there at uh, at this particular area, and let's let's see what we can do." So, what what's really cool about this this particular area? Again, we got a nice feeder pen, okay, and and the feeder pen uh, backs up to um, uh, it was really it's kind of an old hay field, okay, but it's, it's grown over. Uh, it's in fact it's it's been grown up for you know, probably twenty or thirty years. So there's some some decent hardwoods in there. Obviously a lot of cedar and mesquite. Okay, but then over just to the east, and I, I have a nice video that I well I say it's nice. I don't know if you can hear me in the gale force wind, but over just to the east of this feeder of this feeder pen is a hardwood thicket, and it's got a creek going through there. Uh, lots of big pecans and live oaks and red oaks. It just just ideal raccoon habitat. So uh, even though I have not actually witnessed raccoons coming out to this feeder pen, obviously I know they're there. And just just kind of putting a little uh, your uh, your little thinking cap on, you can kind of figure out. Okay, you know most likely these coons are going to be coming from where's a good denning area where it's coming from these hardwoods. So. 
kind of my strategy when it comes to setting these traps kind of is as follows. Uh, I, I don't like to put, you know, 15 traps all around the legs of these feeders. Okay. That that's, that's not going to get you very good results. Uh, I have always been of the opinion that, you know, if you've got a protein feeder, put one right there, you know, and, and typically you got a protein feeder 15 yards away, 10 yards away, you got a corn feeder, put, put a, put a trap there. Okay. And then the majority of your other traps, you can go around your feeder pen. You can see where these animals are coming out of the fence. And of course the deer, the coons, the hogs, they're all going to use the same trail. Okay. So you, you know, again, animals, we've talked about before, animals are, are, are relatively lazy. Okay. Path of least resistance. They're just like humans in that way. So what we did was is I went out there and I found two primary uh, entryways, if you will, into this feeder pen coming from that hardwood, uh, that hardwood thicket area. So I said to myself, man, I know the coons are using these trails. So I went ahead and put a trap there and a trap there. Now, something that I did differently there um, is is I, I actually have a little fish oil, okay? And it's really not as bad as you think it is uh, as far as the smell is concerned because I got a horrible gag reflex. And uh, yeah, any, anything that's really stinky, I'm going to be I'm gonna be yakking, especially if it's hot and I'm hungover. So thankfully, I was neither. Um, but what I did was I got a little of that fish oil. I didn't actually put it in the trap, but I kind of put it just, just a little, just a couple drops, okay? Just kind of in around the trail there, a little on this side of the fence. And I'm, again, we're talking drops here and a little bit on, on, on the, uh, the other side of the fence. And so I knew with the wind and their sense of smell that, you know, they could probably pick that up. So, so that's what I did there. Um, so again, so now a little kind of recap real quickly. At the protein feeder, I got a trap. At the corn feeder, I have a trap. Along the fence in two main areas, thoroughfares, if you will, coming into the feeder pen, I got a trap in one spot, I got a trap on another spot. So this time I went further back. Okay, so this time I'm actually in the woods and there's a little bit of a, cro a little bit of a cross fence there. Uh, and so I put another trap right there because again, I can see a well area where they're coming underneath the fence. And then they would head for the other fence and they'd be in great shape. So I put another trap there and then I, 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 I kind of went down by the creek and I kind of put a trap in there. Wasn't expecting a whole lot of that one. So um, pretty excited, felt really good about, you know, what, what I had done. And, and uh, you know, honestly, I was really looking forward to the results. So um, ended up, uh, you know, wake up next morning and like a kid on Christmas and got in the pickup, if you will. And ran down there to see the results. So here they are. And again, I have a nice video or I'm going to be putting together a video on this. So it makes a little bit better sense. Um, first trap by the Creek was cleaned out. Uh, amazingly enough, you know, you'll, you'll see raccoons stick their hands down there and, and sometimes the trap won't fire. Um, I don't know exactly what I did. You know, I, I was pretty, the trigger was pretty sensitive because I set it off. So I, I don't know, chuck that one up to bad luck. So moving out a little bit, uh, a little bit further, we got that other kind of where that cross fence piece is. Okay, well, I went to check that trap, and guess what? That trap is gone. Uh, what I had done is I had accidentally connected it to one of the uh, they called center stay posts. Okay, so you got your in your typical barbed wire fence, whether it's whether it's barbed wire or goat wire, or whatever it may be, you're going to have what's called fence stays. Okay, and they're just little. They're, they're, they're pieces of cedar that 
you know, are, are going to be, you know, in, in between the, your main posts. Okay. And, and so with those, um, you know, typically they're buried in the ground. Well, I, I, I don't know, I guess I was tired. I, I don't know what I did, but I accidentally, uh, connected it, <laughs> connected the trap wire to this fence. And of course I went back and like, my God, where is the trap completely gone? No sign of disturbance. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. Well, that's when I lifted up that stay and, you know, that coon got trapped and just, and he just took off. So, uh, obviously you hate for that to happen because um, the outcome of that's not going to be good for the coon, but, uh, we'll go ahead and chalk that up. So that, that's going to be number one. All right. So then moving towards the actual feed pen. Okay. So this is where I was hoping I would have really good results and I was not disappointed in both of those areas that were, again, remember those little, little trails I was telling you about there, going underneath that fence to those feeders. Guess what? I got a coon in one. I got a coon in another. So that is two. So that gives us a grand total of three. Okay. Moving into the actual feeder pen now on the protein feeder. Guess what? I got one corn feeder. I got another. That is five raccoons taken out from that area in one night. That is going to make a difference. Uh, so I was very, very happy with that. My father, the landowner, was even more happy about that because right now I do not have uh, coon hoods on this particular protein feeder. It's something I'm working on. So really, until then, I'm at the mercy of nature here. You can see where these coons have gotten on this outback feeder, and they'll sit up there and scoop the protein out to their buddies, and it's cost my dad a fortune. So uh, man, five coons and one sitting, that is phenomenal. So I am pumped about that. I really am. That's one of the best trap settings I've had. Now, I'll tell you, I chalk it up to the fish oil. I think that was uh, that was tremendous, and I'm going to keep using that. Never used it before. I do use dry cat food when, they, when it's cooler. Uh, unfortunately, in the summer, the ants are all over it, so I got to switch back to corn, which I think kind of sucks. It'll be interesting to try the corn with the fish oil, though. So we'll, we'll see about that. But again, got a nice video. Uh, probably going to try to make another video this weekend. Going to go trap another feed pen. But uh, I, I really like doing this because you, know, you, you go on to YouTube and there's tons of videos about trapping. There's tons of videos about using dog proof, you know, traps and whatnot. But there aren't a lot of, they're not, I don't, in fact, I don't know if there are any. And maybe I'm not searching well good enough, but there are no videos on there about trapping um about trapping feed pens in the state of texas okay and that, that that's what we do you know i mean you know with this kind of a recreational deal where i mean a lot of folks maybe some folks are using the fur i i don't know but uh anyway so i hope that's going to be informative and i hope you all really uh i hope you'll you'll, you'll check that out uh, again, busy, busy, busy weekend. So the second thing I did was, you know, we, we is I uh, created some fish habitat. You know, we, we talked a lot. We have talked about fish habitat. Not, not as much as I'd like to, though. And, you know, in Texas, we have these ponds, right? Or the, up north, y'all call them ponds. We typically call them stock tanks or, or tanks for short. And, uh, you know, these tanks can be anywhere from 10 acres to a half an acre or whatever it may be. So, uh, I've got a particular little tank um, on on one of our pastures that, oh, I'm going to go ahead and say it's, I can't remember what I said in the video. I think it's an acre, maybe, maybe a little bit smaller. And it, it's, it's, unfortunately, it's pretty seasonal. But uh, just for the hell of it, we threw in some crappie 
that where they were doing a fire sale, the fish truck was doing a fire sale at our local feed store. And they're like, hey, we got these crappie. We got to get rid of them. So my dad was like, sure, why not? And they basically just gave it to him. We threw him in this tank. Knew we had some bait fish in there, not a lot. Crappie are super aggressive. Um, they are ferocious feeders. So they're really not the best for the tank. And, of course, that would be our luck, right? Because those damn crappie are are they're phenomenal to eat. They are so good. So anyways, we threw some crappie in there. It's always been my intention to go in there and add what? Cover, okay? Because what bait fish we do have in there, yeah, we've got some we've got some moss and some weeds and stuff like that. But again, it's seasonal, right? So when it dries up and then fills back up, I mean, those poor things are out in the middle of nowhere. So here's what I did. And this was kind of a little experiment, if you will, for for folks that maybe don't, they are, are, are landlocked, okay? Yeah, I've got a boat I could drag out there, but I'm really freaking lazy, and I didn't want to do that. So I uh, went to the hardware store, my local hardware store, at a small town near the near the property, and uh, picked up some of those cinder blocks. Now, the cinder blocks I picked up were the, I call them the single cinder blocks, okay? They're not the one that have the two holes. This is the one hole. And I did that on purpose because I knew I was going to have to throw these cinder blocks, okay? <laughs> so what I did was... I said to myself, I need to make some cover, okay? And, you know, of course, you you just can't throw a brush into a tank or a pond, whatever you want to call it, and expect it to just sink. It just doesn't do that way. It's buoyant, okay? Now, eventually it'll sink, but uh, unfortunately, that's just, that's just not the way it does, So, or way it, way it works. So in the hill country, central Texas, we are blessed, uh, quote-unquote, cursed, really, with the, what I call the Texas turds. Or the uh, the cedar tree, okay? Uh, invasive species suck up a lot of water. Blah, and the list can go on forever. We've talked about it a million times. What they are great for is they're great for fish cover, okay? So I got a pair of loppers, and I went out there and I cut I probably twenty or thirty of these trees, and they're probably oh I don't know three foot tall, something of that nature, okay? And they're multi stemmed, right? So it's not like it's just a you can just like a Christmas tree. I really go just like a Christmas tree. Okay, so uh, obviously you don't want to cast in there because you're never going to get your lure out of there. All right, but they are phenomenal when it comes to fish habitat. Okay, now sure those needles are going to fall off, but you still got all the little billions of little sticks. So what I basically did was, and again I, I made a video on it, is uh, I got uh, those cedar trees. Okay, and I, I kind of got some loppers, hand loppers kind of trim the bottom of where I made the cut. And then I got some um, some of that nylon uh, uh, nylon string, okay? And I basically tied four or five trees to this little cinder block, okay? Uh, and then I grabbed all the trees and the cinder block, got to the water, and I just threw it as hard as I could, okay? Uh, and again, I'm just, just experimenting here to see how it would look. Well, well, sure as hell, it worked great. First of all, the trees... They, they flow to the top, okay? But, but remember, they weren't floating around everywhere because they're connected to what? They're connected to that little cinder block. Uh, I am kidding you not, and I hope you can see it on the video. I kid you not. When I did that, I already had fish in there. I had some bait fish in there, and while I was making another one, I had, some, I had two crappie come up, and they were checking it out. They're like, my God, look at this. So, I mean, talk about instant success, okay? So, again, super, super cheap project you can do to increase the fish habitat in your pond or tank. Uh, and you know, you'll be helping the rancher out because, you know, again, nothing grows below a cedar tree most for the most part. So the more cedar trees you cut down and make good use of, the better it is for the farmer or rancher. 
at the, if, if you're if you're leasing the property. So that was uh, that was kind of chore number two, and again, it worked out real well. So you know, I, I'm on I'm on cloud nine right now. I mean, this is this is very rare for everything I planned to actually go as I planned it. So uh, I'm a happy camper. That night, I said, you know what? Let's go for the trifecta. Uh, let's go out and see if we can get a hog. And so I, I bought a Tacticam. Uh, for I got it at the end of duck season. I, I I didn't have a lot of luck. Well, I shoot a lot of ducks, okay. And I said to myself, you know, I'm gonna put this Tacticam on this AR-15 that I've got, 223, and uh, I'm just you know I'm just gonna throw it on there. So you see what happens. And so um, you know, talk to my father who is a pigaholic. Okay, he he hates pigs. He hates hogs. He's he hunts them every time he gets. Okay, and he's got all this night vision, all this. All this fancy gear, and he kind of puts Predator from the you know the '80s movie to shame with all his technology and weapons and his, uh, well, just a sheer the sheer desire to 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 kill pigs. So, um, it, but so he was telling me, yeah, you know, they really hadn't been hitting the feeders very much, so on and so forth. And you know, one of the things I I, I was kind of noticing while I was out there, and again, I ain't been there since January, is that you know, we have not had spring green up yet. Okay, however. Uh, I can definitely see some areas where uh, we we're, we're definitely get a lot of greenery, you know. And so I thought to myself, God, you know, it's it was been so cold for the really kind of all of February, and you know we're finally getting some some green stuff coming up, and we have that huge freeze. You know, I I bet you they're tired of you know they're tired of eating out, you know per se, like at the feeders. I bet you I can catch some in the transition. I bet you I can catch some, you know, rooting up a, a, a pasture that's greening up real good. Uh, you know what the hell? I'm going to give it a shot. So, uh, and we and we, but this is something we've talked about over the over the years. You know, if you're you're tired of hunting in the blinds, your blinds that you got, get out, man. Just get out. Sit underneath a tree. It's kind of treat like turkey hunting. So I, I, I backed up one of our ATVs underneath a big oak tree. And um, I'm watching this area. That's a it's a good transition area. Okay, it's got a, it's a kind of a green meadow. It's full of mesquite trees, though. Uh, so I know that I'm unless they're right there in front of me, I am probably not going to have a shot. You know, the other thing is that you know history is on my side by virtue of the fact that you know we see hogs there a lot. So uh, I said, you know, this is a great way to spend the evening. So that's what I did. And sure enough, uh, you know, much to my surprise, and as good as that day was going, I shouldn't have been surprised, right? But I had, uh, oh, I don't know, eight to ten hogs pop out, probably 75 yards away from me. And I just, I mean, still to this day, I'm like, man, this just does not happen to me. Uh, this is so cool. So I uh, I fire up my Tacticam and, um, you know, I put a, put a bolt in the chamber and I sneak up on these hogs, okay? And again... You know, we, we've talked about the pigs. You know, what were the pigs' best defense? What's their sense of smell? So the wind was in my face. It was perfect. Uh, and truthfully, they really hadn't been harassed all that much in that area. You know, I almost feel like they come to the feeders, the traps. Uh, different ball game. You know, they, they seem to definitely get, uh, get a little bit more weary. So um, they ended up just sitting there feeding, feeding, feeding. And, and I just was watching, watching, watching just enjoying the show. And I said to myself, okay, you know, this is a real good opportunity for me to maybe, um, for me to, you know, maybe, may, maybe take a, you know, maybe try to take a few. Okay. So we, so I had a couple of those, um, I had a couple of those, uh, a couple of those hogs kind of 
kind of slip out there into the open. I I was looking for one that, you know, for a couple that were maybe were cut off from the herd so that I could shoot at these. I could shoot the ones on the left closer to the brush and then get these as they were coming in. So that's basically what, what happened. Again, I got a great video, but I waylaid into these hogs. I think I probably got off six or seven shots. Uh, no, I know I killed one for sure, probably killed two others as well. So um, another successful night. And again, hey, I did outside of a feeder. It was a wonderful, beautiful night. So that is a real win-win for me, not being in the blind. And of course, took out another uh, pasture plow, as I always uh, like to say. So um, again, great weekend. It, it proof, once again, that they can be productive and just have a real good time uh, during the off season. So uh, we'll be trying to do it again this weekend and uh, maybe early next week as well. So we got a little spring break action coming up. So uh, be looking for spring green, green up to come, uh, find some more shed antlers. I actually saw, I saw a couple of bucks that still had antlers, which was crazy. And you could tell they were good and white and they're about to fall off any day now. But I, I, that's, that seems a little bit late for me. Uh, I, I don't ever, well, I can't remember seeing a deer in our part of Texas with antlers on still in, uh, in March. So, uh, I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know what that means. If any of you guys know, please let us know. I'd be, I'd be curious. So anyways, that is it. I hope you all learned something. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that this little, uh, little podcast took you away from whatever's bothering you. Uh, whatever is, um, you know, just a nice little retreat from reality for a while. So, uh, anyways, thank you all again for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back next week. Take care and support your local feed store. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit Podcast. If you like what we discuss on the show, be sure to sign up to our email list to get even more killer hunting ideas, tips, tricks, and exclusive deals on innovative hunting gear and services delivered straight to your inbox. Sign up over at FeedBandit.com or simply by texting the word BANDIT to 33777. See you on the next one. And remember, support your local feed store.